I understand Ambassador Lana Marks of the United States, who is here in South Africa, a couple of blocks from where I am in Pretoria, is doing the pata-pata in her living room. Good evening, Ambassador. Thanks for your time. It's such an honor to be with you tonight, Songhezo. Um, indeed. Oh, my gosh. You've just warmed my heart to hear pata-pata. Beautiful. We're going to get into that a little while from now, just after the ad break. We're going to talk about who Lana Marx is, the girl from East London who could speak Isiklosa and Afrikaans, and of course English, the three languages of that part of the world. How much of your Isiklosa have you retained and Afrikaans? It's a question that I'm sure the listeners are interested in. We'll get your responses in those hopefully respective languages on the other side of the break. Please stay tuned, everybody. The U.S. Ambassador to South Africa this evening, hashtag Tuesday Takeover. She is in charge, and I will relent quite happily. Stay tuned. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint at Lana Marks, U.S. Ambassador to South Africa. Everybody get tweeting, not just to you, South Africans. I would imagine many in the foreign mission in the United States are part of this conversation. We would certainly love your inputs and thoughts on this conversation as we go on. We want American voices on the show this evening. So please do give us a dial 0891-104-207. Ask me any question, but more importantly, ask the ambassador any questions you might be interested in. Before we have the traditional Tuesday takeover, let's get to understand who our guest is and what makes her happy. We certainly know that Pata Pata brought her down some memory lane. She is a South African at heart, after all, born in East London all those many years ago. Tell us about your childhood then. Good evening again, Ambassador. Welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, Songeza. It's such an honor to be with you tonight. And uh, Yes, it was wonderful growing up in East London. You had beautiful beaches. You had farms. You had beautiful produce. You, played, you went to school during the day. You played sports in the afternoon. You came home. You had dinner. You were with your family and started the same the next day. It was just a wonderful life, a wonderful family life, and I'm very grateful for that. And of course, from time to time, you would walk across Union Avenue, Oxford Street back in those days to go and see the boys' school, a very great school in East London. Tell us more about your days then. Well, of course, any opportunity to cross over the road and go and see the boys at Selborne when we were the girls at Clarity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually couldn't believe when I heard that you had been to Selborne, I said, Oh, my goodness. Literally, what are the chances of that right across the road? Uh, we, small I world. mean, Selborne was our brother's school. Yes. Very yeah. small world. I spent some time in the United States as well in the fall of 2017, in the spring of 2018. LLM in government procurement law, GW, as it is known then, otherwise colonials, in D.C., not so far from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Well, you know, I I was also very involved with GW, George Washington. I did many lecture series um, to the MBAs there and was involved with my Harvard board, um, a co-program with uh, George Washington as well. So it's one of the universities in Washington that's close to my heart as well. And as you said, very close to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, for those not so familiar, that's the seat of government in the United States and also the resident of the president. Of course, I'm talking about the White House. And right now I'm speaking to an appointee of President Donald Trump, Ms. Lana Marks, ambassador of the United States to South Africa. This evening she takes over this 
show, the viewpoint with me, because it is Tuesday and it's hashtag Tuesday Takeover. Miss Marks, talk to us about your young professional days as a tennis player. Of course, you grew up in South Africa and you'd mentioned the fact that you were always outdoors enjoying the beaches and just only going home inside because it was dinner time. So this lends itself, I suppose, to why you would have gone pro. And I mean, you played for Bermuda, you took in the SA Open as well as in the qualifying rounds of Roland Garros. Impressive. Yes, yes, indeed. I was very fortunate. We had a terrific tennis program um, in East London. The Sugar Circuit tournaments came to East London. They had all the provincial tournaments. I played junior provincial uh, tennis for South Africa. I played, also represented Vits University in South Africa. And I had a terrific background in tennis and junior tennis in South Africa. And then later on in the U.S., um, Yes, played also in the South African Open, played in a few Opens, uh, including, yes, at the qualifying at Roland Garros, and was fortunate also to um, win two medals for the United States in the Maccabee Games in Israel. So that those few items were real highlights. And I think with sports, and I think particularly with tennis, and I encourage sports, and South Africa is a very, very top sporting country. Whenever you move countries or you move areas, Sport always gives you an entree into a new uh, community, a new friendship, Mm. and it certainly did for me. Most certainly it does, and you are very correct about that. And I also want to touch on the fact that you obviously left South Africa, well, I'll say a relatively young age, because you've been in the U.S. for quite a bit now. Tell us about the decision to leave South Africa and go and set up camp, essentially, um, in the United States, Florida particularly. Yes. Um, well, my father was very fortunate in the 30s to escape from Lithuania. He had blonde hair and blue eyes, and that enabled him to escape from Lithuania. Uh, and, it was, you know, they were stopped on the train leaving. Because he had blonde hair and blue eyes, he was able to escape. Uh, couldn't possibly be Jewish. Uh, my family came to South Africa. The others that were left in Lithuania perished. Fortunately, South Africa accepted my family. Um, as I was starting to be raised in South Africa, all of the values that my father cherished and espoused uh, turned out not to be the values that were being taken on by South Africa. And so my father was very, very disappointed. My mother's family had come out from Poland, also a similar story a generation before. And so when I met my husband, who was a Brit, he was actually a senior consultant in Fruitersker and saw present, uh, Chris Barnard's patients post-operatively after the heart transplant. My husband is a, a sort of a world-renowned psychiatrist and neurologist. So he's seen Chris Barnard's patients post-operatively and then I met him through sheer coincidence in Cape Town. Uh, mm. It a very special part in my heart and had opportunity to leave literally the day after we got married, which was the 31st of May, uh, 76, two weeks before the whole uprising in South Africa. And I was very young. I had just turned 22, had chance to go briefly to Bermuda, where my husband had been medical director of the hospital there, was in private practice briefly. We bought a vacation home in Palm Beach, Florida, um, loved it. My husband was offered a professorship at the University of Miami School of Medicine. We took that up. I then uh, took availed myself of the opportunity to start in business on my kitchen table, and um, just the rest was history. 
The rest certainly is history. It's amazing how our journeys keep somehow, albeit years apart, keep dovetailing. I've got a very good friend of mine who lives in Bermuda, and he has invited me many times over. I took that opportunity in June of 2018, and I spent some of the summer months there. I have to go back for cup match, because if I've been to Bermuda and have not seen cup match, I essentially have not been to Bermuda. Final comments before we take our ad break. I couldn't agree more. Cup Match is an institution in Bermuda. It's wonderful. The oceans are beautiful. The people are lovely. Uh, you have to go back for Cup Match. Okay, fantastic. I think I have a room in your expansive home because you are here, so I have to go and look after your property and come back and report. Lana <laughs> Marks, Ambassador of the United States to the Republic of South Africa. We continue the conversation then after the news, I mean, the very short ad break. This is the Tuesday Takeover, and in a little over 10 minutes from now, the show will belong not to Songhez or my baby, but to the Ambassador herself, Lana Marks. Please stay tuned, everybody. Your questions are important. Keep them coming. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Songezo Mabete. Call Songezo now. 0891-104-207. And you don't get to speak to me. You get to speak to the U.S. Ambassador to South Africa, Ambassador Lana Marks. She's a South African, of course, Bermudian, American, businesswoman. Most importantly now, a diplomat based here in the nation's capital of Tswane, formerly known as Pretoria. If you want to call us, please do give us a dial, 0891-104-207. In a little over seven or so minutes from now, the show will be hers. So let's look forward to that conversation. Ambassador, let's talk about the fact that you left South Africa at a time you had mentioned was a relatively volatile time. What were your thoughts then when you came back and officially were sworn in after presenting your credentials to President Ramaphosa on October 4, 2019. If anything, it came back full circle, didn't it? Yes, indeed. Um, So I left in May 31st, 1976. I kept in touch with South Africa, came back 20 times in the interim on vacation. Um, And then was so humble and honored to be nominated to be the candidate of President Trump to be the ambassador to South Africa. And when I was finally sworn in, after a very, very long uh, vetting process in January by President Ramaphosa, and he leaned over to me and he said, Ambassador, welcome home. And how kind and how thoughtful and how wonderful and just that incredibly warm welcome by His Excellency, the President of South Africa. Um, It just made me feel so wonderful indeed. And I feel very honored to be in this position. I feel because I'm born and raised here, I have a knowledge Mm. of South Africa in which perhaps um, other ambassadors coming out here may not have in the way in which I have. And having been in business, um, also, both in the United States and around the world, um, has also helped me in such good stead in this position. So, I, I well, it's predecess- wonderful coming in the term of President Ramaphosa. Fantastic. No, we do appreciate that. In fact, you are the second ambassador in as out of as many because your predecessor, Patrick Gaspard, has got links to the DRC and he was here until the end of the Obama administration. Now you have gone one better. You are in the true sense a South African. 
And of course, you are not not aware of the country's trials and tribulations and part of your role. And we're going to get into the role of Ambassador Marx in South Africa, representing, of course, the interests of the United States, is that the, the, the nation has got its trials. It has its difficulties. Some of them yes. are very different to those of 1976 when you have left or when you left. Yes. Tell us what it is now that you are hoping to achieve for so long as you are favorable to President Trump for the purposes of building not just the relations between the two states, but also just, in a sense, investing in your people because we claim you as much as you claim the fact that you are South African. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. That's lovely. Um, obviously, watching South Africa involved and then to see South Africa become a young democracy, 25 years old from 1994 onwards, has just touched my heart and to come back and see now, you know, unfortunately President Ramaphosa has inherited some uh, some difficult problems that he's having to deal with. And on top of that, we obviously have COVID-19, which we'll address shortly. Mm. But what I personally want to do and what I've been working extremely hard at since I've been here is really re-establishing the strong bilateral relationship between South Africa and the United States. We've had the repatriation flights. We've now brought in a thousand ventilators, really getting working on the PEPFAR program towards epidemic control, which we'll deal with. Also um, addressing the gender-based violence situation here and women's entrepreneurship and leadership. But the most, most important of all, from my perspective, is the economic relationship, is trade and investment between the United States and South Africa. And it really bothers me and it bothered me when I arrived to find that we were number three trading partner of South Africa. And in terms of the United States, South Africa is number 39 trading partner. I've been working very, very hard at this. Um, everybody who, who knows me knows this and going in many, many directions, both in South Africa and in the United States, to bring South Africa to a top 20 trading partner. I know I'm ambitious, but I want to triple the trade mm. between South Africa and the United States. In terms of foreign direct investment, we are number one. But in terms of two-way trade, it's really number 39. So I'm looking into categories. I'm looking into... Uh, advanced manufacturing, I'm looking at services, I'm looking at digital, even NASA. We're working on something extraordinary for South Africa with NASA. There are so many, so many areas that I'm working on and hoping to culminate it soon. Um, one of the things I announced at my uh, credentialing was an investment summit between the United States and South Africa, and I look forward to proceeding with this shortly. Well, 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 manufacturing is something you're looking into. Digital is something you're looking into. An investment summit between the United States and South Africa is something that Ambassador Lana Marx is looking into. And would you believe it? NASA, NASA, the space agency in the United States, we can look forward to something there. And I'll be sure to let my sister's daughter know about this because she is adamant and has been for the last 10 years and she's 16 that she wants to be an astrophysicist. We certainly can look forward to something there. But let's touch on the economic policy because I think this is coming very strongly in your work and policy in general. We've only yeah. had two US presidents come to South Africa. Very strong relationship between Presidents Clinton and Mandela in 94 to 99. Not so much in the Bush and Begi administrations. Things somewhat got a little bit better, but there were the challenges at the time between Obama and Zuma. Those are the only two 
presidents who have come here, President Clinton and President Obama, will you be working hard with the presidency here and the presidency in the United States to get President Trump to come through? He's a business person through and through, just as you are. Some of what you are referring to will be great to have somebody who is as business-minded. Never mind the comments that are attributed to him about African countries being you-know-what. What can we anticipate at high level between the two nations? You know, I'm hoping that there will be something terrific in Washington in September, which I have been working on for five months, six months, actually. But, you know, we have an election year coming up now in November, and President Trump's children have been to Cape Town many times. And he said to me uh, when I was coming out of Lana, actually when he asked me to be the ambassador, he said, Lana, Cape Town is exceptionally beautiful. And I said, well, then you'll have, you know, you'll have to come and visit. But I anticipate, you know, as soon after the election, I anticipate a victory by President Trump. Um, definitely <laughs> will be on the cards, a terrific visit to South Africa, um, if I have anything to do with it. Fantastic. I think I'm going to see less of my voice now as we go to our first quarter this evening in Durban at Teguini. Mike, good evening. Pose your question or comment, please, to Ambassador Lana Marks, after which I'm going to invite her to take over on the Tuesday takeover. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, Ambassador, and welcome back to South Africa. Thank uh, you. We, we like to do trade with America, but, you know, the dollar uh, is our biggest enemy uh, in, in, in Africa. Uh, it's it's so much higher than our currencies, and uh, we scared when you come to do business here. What is your true intentions? And and we know, Mr. Trump, he is a very arrogant, b biggest bully in the world. Yeah. He's not very popular about the Palestinian issue uh, with the Chinese and the Mexicans. Does Black Lives really matter to him? Is do you think he really cares? I'll listen on the radio. Thank okay. you so much, Mike, for your call. Before you respond, Ambassador Marks, let's go to Vuyelo, who's calling from just around the corner here in Bedford View, Johannesburg. Good evening, Sisi. How are you? Sure. Hello. Vuyelo? I'm not Vuyelo. I'm, I'm Vuyiswa. I beg your pardon. Hello? My producers have told me your name is Vuyelo. I beg your pardon uh, for that. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Actually, uh, I'm also... Uh, holding a dual citizenship. I'm a, a, a South African grew up in exile and got married to an American. I uh, just wanted to find out uh, from the ambassador. Good evening, ambassador. Good evening. Yes, uh, I have a concern because you actually here representing an administration that uh, doesn't have respect for the African people, whether in the continent or in the, in the diaspora. So I really... I've learned a lot when you, you speak to media about all the projects coming through. I wonder if how genuine they are, because uh, if someone calls the continent shithole, and uh, then you come and uh, as a, a, an ambassador, uh, I don't understand, I don't really, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm actually concerned whether it is genuine or there's an agenda behind. Thank you no, so much, uh, Sis Vui, for your you. call. Um, Ambassador Marks, you might want to respond to Vuiswa first, please, and then you go back to the first question from Mike. Yes. Um, in terms of a trade between the United States and South Africa and the currency, I hear that as a huge advantage for 
um, South Africa because everything now becomes less in price from South Africa going into the United States. And I, I just see it as a tremendous opportunity. There's definitely pivoting of some of our supply trains, supply chains, and I think it's a tremendous opportunity for South Africa. I've been at the White House many times in February, March, and prior to that, and I cannot tell you how motivated President Trump is to increasing trade between the United States and South Africa. Unfortunately, over the last 20 years, even though we've had a robust bilateral uh, relationship and we do have excellent trade um, with 600 companies here and third a trading partner, it's still languished. It's not being pushed forward. As a business person like President Trump, he has put me here particularly to increase trade. That is his thing. So you can be absolutely sure he cares. Unfortunately, he wanted me to come two and a half years earlier than I came. I was his candidate, but because I had traveled to 110 countries in the last 15 years, uh, I had to be investigated in all of those countries prior to be me being permitted to become an ambassador. The rules are very, very strict, and you're investigated thoroughly. But President Trump is patient. He knows me uh, as, a, and as an acquaintance. He knows how I do things for a very long time. Um, I've got a very good relationship with our Senate Foreign Relations, bipartisan across the board, both the Republicans and Democrats. I have total support um, to really increase the relationship between South Africa and the United States. In terms of the Chinese footprint, not just in South Africa, but throughout Africa with the Belt and Road Initiative and much going on with not just the Chinese, but other folks, what I would say about this is, and I think we've proven ourselves, and the proof of the pudding's in the eating, America wants to help South Africa help itself. We only want to help South Africa help itself, and we want to help Africa help itself. And this is evidenced by the generosity of the American people, where, whether it's the $7.4 billion PEPCAR program, we want nothing in return, whether it's a thousand ventilators, state-of-the-art, creme de la creme technology, state-of-the-art, uh, which are now entering South Africa, unconditional, just purely as a generous gift, from President Trump to uh, President Ramaphosa with the wonderful chemistry that they have. When we do things with our health programs, with all the educational programs, we have 28 departments in our mission at our embassy in South Africa, and they have very robust programs across the board in every sector of South Africa. And these are all unconditional funds coming into South Africa for programs between the United States and South Africa. Many, many South Africans don't even know the multi-million and billion-dollar programs between the United States and South Africa. The United States never wants anything in return. These are unconditional things. On the other hand, I say to South Africa and I say to Africa, protect your foreign, your sovereign assets. You keep your sovereign assets. South Africa needs to keep its sovereign assets and not let them go and not ever mm -hmm. be holding to debt traps. So those are the things to really work out for. So that's pretty independent as a sovereign nation. The rest of Africa is, um, you know, has been unfortunately under this situation. Now, in terms of the second question, which I cannot tell you how I appreciate having that question, 
and I appreciate being able to explain. President Trump, I call him, it's just my lingo, I call him a blue-collar billionaire. President Trump built big buildings in the construction industry in New York. He speaks the language of the construction worker. He used to go on the buildings, he'd have coffee with these construction workers, he'd have lunch with them, he spoke the language of the construction worker, the thousands of these construction workers building these big buildings in New York for him. He built many, many things for charity in New York. He helped, the, he helped so much with charity in New York. But he does speak the language of the construction worker. I mean, it is a rough language. It's a raw language. But that is the language of President Trump. He, he doesn't have a veneer. He doesn't have filters. He's not false. He's direct. He's straightforward. So... When you're hearing these things about him, what he's really saying is, oh, in my proper diplomatic um, English, what he's really saying, there are problems in South Africa. There are problems in Africa, and these need to be addressed. And unfortunately, he's speaking the language of the construction worker in New York, and that's how he speaks. However, he has an immense fondness for South Africa. He has an immense fondness for Africa. He wants things on track here. He's pushed me like crazy to get the trade going uh, between our nations, and he's pushed me like crazy. He told me how he loves Cape Town. I definitely can see a visit to Cape Town, and please understand, it's not literal. <clears throat> These things cannot be taken literally. It is his language. It's his construction worker language of New York. Fantastic. Well, let us allow you to take over because I could talk, of course, indefinitely to you and about the South Africa-America situation, relations, partnerships, call it what you will. Unfortunately, we don't have time. There are a couple of messages that have since come through. I will certainly engage you between now and the time the show ends. I'm keeping those who are participating on suspend because I want them to participate on the show. But of course, you are now going to take over and I invite you to do so. Tell us about your guest because your guest is on the line before you engage your own guest, Lana Marks. Uh, thank you, thank you very, very much indeed. I'm very excited to uh, welcome our guest onto the show. And um, I also see she's from the Eastern Cape. Welcome to the show. I am so impressed with your background in uh, HIV AIDS and your tremendous education. And now you're with Stack Trust as Executive Manager for the National Strategic Plan. You've been there since April 2019. And you've also been acting as the Executive Manager for the Strategic Information Unit. You're a public health specialist with 18 years' experience with HIV and TB. You're a graduate in medical technology with a master's degree in public health from Sweden. Amazing. And you're now very, very involved in uh, HIV-AIDS. The most important thing of all, I recognize with your name, that you were also indeed from the Eastern Cape, and I welcome you on the show. Thank you so much for being my guest tonight. Before you respond to that, Ms. Nogoduga, we're going to have to take an ad break before that. I mean, rather, let's take an ad break now, and then the balance of the segment will be between yourself and the host, Ms. Lana Marks. Ms. Nogoduga returns after the break with Ambassador Marks.